As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, we certainly know there is no perfect church, but is your church healthy? And what are the nine marks of a healthy church? We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more coming up next on Cutting It Right. Join me. Hey, praise the Lord. This is Reverend Michael Jakes, and this is Cutting It Right. And today we are going to conclude our discussion in Acts chapter 2, talking about the day of Pentecost with the nine marks of a healthy church. But before we get to that, we want to begin in verse number 38 with the response of this great and mighty sermon by the apostle Peter. Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of of the Holy Ghost. So he says the first thing you do is repent. Now it must be understood that even before repentance, several things must be in place. Before anyone can repent, number one, you have to hear the word. You have to hear the word. The Bible comes, the Bible says rather, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you must hear the word before you can repent. Second thing, you have to believe the word. Believe the word before you can repent. And number three, you have to acknowledge your sin. Before you can repent, before you can turn around or change your mind, you have to be convinced of your own sin. You have to acknowledge your sin. So here he says, repent. All of those other things have been put in place. They have heard the word. They have heard they have believed this word because they want to know what they have to do now. They have believed this word and they have acknowledged their own sin. They want to know now what's the next step. And he says, repent and be baptized. Now, these two do not go hand in hand. They do not need to get baptized in order to be saved. There is no baptismal regeneration. Water baptism does not save you. Yes, spiritually we are baptized into Christ, but water baptism does not, cannot, has not ever saved anyone. It is repentance and then baptism after you have become saved. He says, every one of you in the name of Jesus or by the authority of Jesus Christ, he says, for the remission of sins so that your sins may be canceled what cancels out your sin repenting 
believing on Jesus Christ. That is what cancels out your sin. Baptism does not, I repeat, baptism, water baptism does not remit or cancel or erase or take away or wash away your sins. It does not. The act of believing, receiving Christ is what saves you. So he says, do this. Repent for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Here, there's no doubt he is speaking about the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But also what happens when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside. It's called regeneration. This is what happens when anybody gets saved. The Holy Spirit takes up residence. In Romans 8, 9, uh, Paul says it this way. He says, if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you're not saved. You're not saved if you don't have the spirit of Christ. So when you get saved, spirit of Christ comes in and lives in you and resides in you. And this is all a gift. This is all a gift. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That eternal life, it is also the gift. So it's all rolled in there together. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise, what promise? The promise of the Holy Spirit. What they had just experienced, this this phenomenon called speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. This promise is for you and your children. So those who say that speaking in tongues is just a thing for then, it was just for that dispensation and it's not for today. He says here that it is for your children and to all those who are afar off. Who are they? All those who are far off are those who have not yet come into the fold. Those yet to come. That is us. That is me. I'm part of that afar off. I have been grafted in because of the blood of Jesus. And so I stand saved because I am now become part of that promise. And it says, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I know when I got saved and when you got saved, it seemed like we were the one that were in control. We may have lifted up our hand. We may have responded to a prayer. We may have walked up to the front of a church and prayed a prayer or something of that nature. And it seems as if we were the ones who were pulling the strings and in control. But no, 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 no. Here it says, as many as the Lord our God shall call. You know, the Bible says that our salvation is something that was taken care of in the eons of time. Okay, he knew who I was before I was born. He knew I would be saved. Before time, he knew that I would exist and be saved. And the same for you, if you call on Jesus. So it's as many as the Lord God shall call. He is the one in control. Salvation is of the Lord. What did I have to do with it? I responded to his call. That's what I did. I responded to his call. Verse number 40, and with many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So the basic, the, 
basic tone of what Peter was talking about was to save yourself, remove yourself, deliver yourself from this perverse generation. How do you how do you deliver yourself from a perverse generation? Well, the only way to do it is to respond to the call of the Lord. Respond to the call of salvation. That's how you remove yourself. You don't have power to remove yourself in yourself. The power comes from the Lord. But once again, you must respond favorably to that call in order to be removed. That is how you save yourself. So he says, save yourself from this perverse, crooked generation. Verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Okay, so they received the word. That's their salvation. They are now saved. They are now sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. They are in the kingdom, born again. And that same day, and they were baptized. Well, it doesn't say necessarily that they were baptized on that same day. But they did become baptized at some point. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people saved, born again, ushered into the kingdom of God in one day. That's what happens when the mighty power of the Holy Spirit is at work. That's what happens when conviction takes a hold of people and they respond they all got saved. So the Holy Ghost is on the move. He is on the move. Verse number 42. Then they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Here's where we come to how this church began. Well, we know how it began. It was through the power of. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's how the church began. But what were the marks that made this church so great? Now even this church was not perfect as we'll find out in the chapters to come. This church was not perfect. Anytime you have imperfect people gathered together, you have imperfection. So even though the church was not perfect, this church was healthy. And I believe here in the next few verses we find uh, we find a model for what is the New Testament church, if I could put it that way. How church ought to be. Marks that make a church a church. Verse number 42, it says, the apostles' doctrine. One of the nine marks of a healthy church is that there was teaching. And there was preaching. That's doctrine. Doctrine is not to be dry and boring. Doctrine, you need to know what it is that you believe. Because if you don't believe the truth, you might receive a lie. If you don't know the truth, you might be, you might be liable to not realize when someone is not telling you the truth. And so the apostles, they were teachers. They were handing down what Christ had taught them. And so that was a very important mark of that church. The fact that they received the word and it was a right word. 
have to be careful not to give ear to strange doctrine or what the Bible calls doctrines of devils or demons, seducing spirits. Can't give your ear over to those things. You have to make sure that it is right doctrine, rightly dividing the word of truth. Number two was fellowship. Fellowship. You see, they were they were now living in a new realm. They were now having they were now having a relationship with Jesus. Obviously, a vertical relationship with the Lord. So while they were nurturing their vertical relationship with the Lord, they were also nurturing their horizontal uh, relationship with one another. You see, if you get along with God, you ought to be getting along with everyone else. And so fellowship became very important to them. Number three, we see the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread. Now, also, this is fellowship because in these days, when they broke bread, or rather when they had communion, when they would come together to remember the Lord and in this uh, memorial uh, supper, which communion was a time of remembrance, remembering the fact that the Lord, what the Lord had done and remembering the fact that he was going to come back again. So breaking of bread is communion. It, it was part of the fellowship, but they had what we call love feasts. They had a large supper and they would all come and sit and have fellowship. And there is where they would uh, remember the Lord's death till he come. So communion is very important, uh, and it's a third mark of a healthy church. When you have communion, it means that they ought to mean that the people are living in a unity together. Number four, prayer. Obviously, prayer is a vital, vital part of a healthy church, and it's a part of a healthy, growing church, a church that Sounds cliche, and it is cliche, but it is actually very true. A church that prays together stays together. Now that prayer has to be along the lines of the will of God. Along with prayer has to be faith. But a church that prays together ought to be staying together. Prayer is a vital, vital part of a healthy, growing church church verse number 43 it says and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles fear now this fear was not scared fear this fear was a reverential fear fear in awe of what was being done in awe of the lord and this fear came upon every single person and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. That's Mark number five, signs and wonders. What do I mean by signs and wonders? When you have a group of people together who are believing God in faith, hearing the word in fellowship, God is going to be working in the midst there will be testimonies of the wonders of God. There will be testimony of the 
power of God working in the hearts and lives of people and individuals. Signs and wonders. Things that cannot be explained in any other way except you know that it was the power of God that performed it. Signs and wonders are part of a healthy church because God will be at work within that people. Verse number 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common. You see, they had a shared community, rather a sharing community. Uh, they shared with one another. Communism says what is what is yours is mine. Here, that is not what is going on. This is not communism. They had things common. Here it was, what is mine is yours. They gladly, willingly shared with one another. It's a sign of a healthy church. A healthy church. Verse number 45. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, I believe it's in the book of James. The Bible says if you see your brother in need and you have the means to help him, but you know that they are lacking and all you say is, hi, how are you? And you don't help him out. Uh, the Bible says that's not the proper thing to do. So here in this situation, how they lived, they were sharing what they had with each other. So that no one would be lacking. Verse number 46. And they continuing daily. With one accord in the temple. And breaking bread. From house to house. Did eat. Their meat. With gladness. And singleness. Of heart. Now everything they were doing. They were doing it every day. As we said earlier in verse number 42, they continued steadfastly, continuously, they were doing this. They were doing it faithfully, and they did it in one accord. That's the next mark of a healthy church. They were in one accord in the temple. They were in one accord. That means they were in one mind. One mind. 1 Corinthians one ten said, he said, he exhorted them to, Paul exhorted them to speak the same thing. You see, they were not biting and devouring one another so that they would be consumed by one another, as scripture says. No, they were in one mind. They had one heart. They had one focus. And that's what is necessary for a church to be healthy. Now, we know that everybody, we have different personalities and everyone is different and everyone have, has different likes and dislikes. And we understand that dynamic. But yet and still, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to even getting along, we need to have one mind. One mind. Unity. Unity. Unity of purpose. That's what is important. And when you have that, you have the makings of a healthy, of a healthy church. 
It says that they were in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Once again, sharing. Okay, they would meet in one another's houses. Yes, they did go to the temple, but they met in houses and they would go from house to house sharing with one another. It says, and they ate their food or their meat with gladness and a sincerity or generosity or humility of heart. They did not take anything for granted. Nothing was taken for granted. They had this attitude, one mind, one mind. Verse 47, it says that they were praising God and having favor with all the people. Praising God. Now, you know, praise. Praise is a natural outgrowth of all of these things. When you have... When you have the apostles doctrine, you have the proper teaching and you have fellowship with one another and, and there's a breaking of bread. And when there's prayer going up and when you see God working in the hearts of of people and and you have all things in common and, and you are in one accord. Praise is going to be a natural outgrowth of all of that. Praise. Praise. Each one of these marks are part of one another. They all they all go together. And like we said, there is no perfect church, but we can have the makings of a church that is healthy when we have all of these things working in the house of God, amongst the people of God. Remember, the church is not the building. It is not the brick. It is not the mortar. It is not the floors or the ceilings. The church is the people. The people. So praise. A natural outgrowth of all that God is doing. Is a mark of a healthy church. It said when they did all this. They had favor with all the people. Now. This favor would eventually become short-lived because any time that God is working, any time that God is showing his power, the enemy will make his presence known. <coughs> the enemy will make his presence known. Now, it says having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Such as should be saved. Here is the final mark of a healthy church. And it may be, it may be the most important. This is evangelism. When all of these things are working... When all of these things are in place, God will begin to work in the hearts of the people to do the thing that he has called his people to do. From Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. From Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every 
person. This is vital. This is the purpose statement for the church. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to speak to them. You're going to have outreaches. Don't know how you're going to do it. But the giving of the gospel to this world that is lost is the number one goal. Ought to be the number one goal and priority and purpose of every church. Now we know that is not the case. In many instances, entertainment has become the focal point. Uh, so many other things, so many other different programs, uh, social programs have become uh, what is most important. I did not say these things cannot be a part of a church to some degree. To some degree. But the preaching of the gospel must be first. The church is not a club just for us. It's not our own little saved club where we come and do our thing and we don't care about anybody else on the outside. That's not what church is. Yes, we come, we praise, we worship, we, we uh, let me use the phrase, we get fueled up. We come with our needs. Uh, he strengthens, he comforts, all of these things are necessary. We come and we get these things done, but we need to go out and give back. We need to go out and give the word out. Out. This gospel must be preached to all nations and then the end shall come. We have to get out there. I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to get out there face to face. You're going to get out there one on one. You're going to speak to somebody on your job. You're going to speak to somebody in your family. You're going to go out and hand out tracts on the street. You're going to have street meetings on the corner. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to do it via internet. You're going to uh, do what we try to do and, and get this gospel out throughout uh, the internet world. There are different ways to get this gospel out, but the gospel must be gotten out. The world is dying. The world is lost. The world doesn't even know it. We have the answer. Jesus Christ It says here that they praise God having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. As we said earlier, salvation is of the Lord as they moved and were led by the spirit. God used them. They evangelized the spirit convicted the hearts of the people and then Jesus saved. And so these are the marks of a healthy church. The apostles doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, prayer, signs and wonders, sharing, being in one mind, praise. And finally, and what I believe is most important, evangelism, getting the word out to those who are lost. Now you're going to tell me, of course, my church is not perfect and my church is, my church does some of this. L listen, marks of a healthy church 
I don't know any, what church do you know that's doing all of this? Well, there are many churches who are attempting to do all of these things. But once again, no church is perfect. But when we can pick up on these several things, once again, we have the makings of a church that is going to be healthy, a church that is going to be successful, a church that is going to be approved uh, by God. When we begin to do these things with the right heart and the right attitude. It's very important that these things get done. Wherever you are today, in your heart, and your life, Jesus Christ is able. Are you perfect? No. But are you healthy? Are you healthy? Are you sitting under the apostles' doctrine? Are you sitting under right teaching? Are you enjoying fellowship with others? And if you're saved... You should be breaking bread. You should be taking communion. Is your life full of prayer? Have you seen the power of God working in your life? Do you have things common with those who you attend church with? Are you of one mind with them? Is praise an integral part of your life? And are you sharing this gospel with someone? Only you can answer these questions. But God is able. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can think. So Lord, I pray today. Lord, as we leave this study. Lord, I pray that we will be mindful to get your word out. We'll be mindful to make sure that we discern the words that we hear. And make sure we are sitting under proper doctrine. Lord, help us to be in one mind. Lord, I pray that you would help us to praise you. I pray that all of these marks might not just be part of our churches, but also a part of our individual lives. Lord, I pray you will have your way. Speak to each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is Reverend Michael Jakes. It's cutting it right. Next time we come together, we're going to go right into chapter 3 of the book of Acts. What happens after the Spirit has fallen? What happens after the day of Pentecost? That's chapter 3. It's a whole lot going on. And we'll get to it all the next time we meet on Cutting It Right. Until then, God bless you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.